Welcome to PR360, a weekly interview podcast dedicated to talking about the important topics within the public relations technology industry, hosted by Brett Deister and in partnership with Global Results Communication. Find out more information at globalresultspr.com. And welcome to a new episode of PR360, and I'm your host, Brett Deister. We've got a great guest for you this week. We have Nils Swenland, who is a, basically, he's an all-around really great content creator. He does presentations, he does events, he does consulting, he produces, he creates videos for a bunch of different companies for over 25 years. He's got a lot of great information for us. Welcome to the show, Nils. Thanks for having me on, Brett. Looking forward to talking about presentations. But the first thing we need to talk about, as I ask all my guests, is are you a coffee or tea drinker? It's really important. I am a, I'm a tea drinker, specifically green tea. I used to be a coffee drinker back in the day, but probably tea for the last uh, almost 10 years. So, yeah, green tea. That's the way I roll. Gotcha. It's all good. I love both, but I'm still a major coffee drinker myself. It's pretty major. <laughs> but anyways, moving on to what is your favorite presentation software? I know there's a bunch out right now, but which one do you go to first? Well, it, it's difficult because when you say presentation, everybody thinks PowerPoint and that's what you're going to start working in. But for me, I do a lot of the development and presentations in Photoshop because I'm empowered by my clients to create different kinds of looks and feels, something that's not stock. So we're taking a lot of the artwork out of Photoshop, Illustrator as well, and then bringing it into PowerPoint. And a lot of the content is being built in PowerPoint still. So a favorite, more it is the one that I'm using the most these days. And you have a go-to video editing software as well? Because you did say Photoshop and Illustrator, but do you use videos in your presentations? Yeah, we do a lot of editing in Premiere do a lot of motion graphics and Adobe After Effects as well, just to stay in the Adobe suite. So we're taking a look and feel out of Photoshop and dragging it in and putting some motion to it, exporting out a movie and then importing it into PowerPoint. That happens a lot to help out the presentations. So I'm hearing you like Adobe Creative Suite quite a bit. Living in it every day. Yes. Love, love Adobe. All right. And do you have any favorite social media tools you like to use when you do events or anything like that? I mean, we go with the go-tos. We're going with Twitter. We're going with Instagram. I do have to be in Facebook for some other clients. But for me, a lot of the event-driven social media is trending, in my opinion, from Instagram because it's visual. But Twitter is still very, very popular. And it's used. These softwares on social media platforms are being used at events. Yes, I've been hearing quite a bit from different PR and marketing professionals that Twitter is being used a lot, especially with B2B sectors specifically, it's starting to be used quite a bit. Is that correct? That is correct. I mean, they're able to communicate with Twitter. It has become a common platform because you can go live and it's got a lot of really good features. You can do polling. It's become a lot more engaging, a lot more interactive than few years ago where it was just, what are we tweeting? What are we doing? Hashtagging was probably like the only thing that you probably do to get some sort of engagement with 
direct messaging and engaging video and polling, as I, as I mentioned, and what's live, it's become pretty robust when it comes to it. So as far as shows and events, as far as I'm concerned, Twitter is big time. It is, it is the one that's being used the most right now. And being used in presentations, Brett. I mean, people will go to it live. They'll have a presentation. They'll get up with three or four graphics and say, hey, you know what? Let's take a look right now of what's going on in our Twitter feed. And it will pop it up on the screen. So it's definitely prominent. Instant gratification is always great for presentations, it seems like. For 100%. 100%. So speaking of presentations, how has presentations changed over the past 10 years or so? What was it then and how is it now? And how is the shifting technologies changed all that stuff? Well, I think the biggest thing that has happened is that the quality of the imagery, the quality of motion, and the incorporating of video has changed presentations dramatically. We are still in a slide building mode when it comes to PowerPoint. We are still clunking through and building slides, but we can enhance them with video which is attainable, more attainable. Even 10 years ago, to incorporate a video, to put a stock image into PowerPoint was not cost-effective, it wasn't easy. And people were struggling with, I really need to put something in this presentation to give it a little bit of jazz, a little bit of juice. And it was always a cross your fingers moment. You know what, I'm gonna show you a video clip. You would sit there and you'd hit the button and you would hope that it would be playing with audio. And that has changed dramatically. It's become a lot more streamlined. It's become a lot more part of presentations. So for instance, I mean, and I encourage it with my clients. If there is a video, it could be humorous. It could be thought provoking. It could be engaging. I encourage you to put it into the presentation. If you find it on YouTube, you can put the clip right into it and we can play it and away we go. I mean, that's probably the biggest change in presentations. The, the process of building them, Brett, is the same. The, the challenges we have with too much text and how we're presenting, that's still really the same. But the, the assets that you can get, the things that you can purchase online, you can find on the internet, the video clips you can find on YouTube and repurpose. There's just so many you can use and it just makes it a lot easier to add some jazz to your presentation. Jazzing up your presentation seems to be a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. When I get a presentation, Brett, it usually needs help. That's what it needs to be tweaked. It needs to be enhanced. It needs to be given a little bit more punch because they are building them themselves. They're using PowerPoint a lot of times to build their presentation, which is not encouraged, but they do it. And I will get a note that says, make this better, help this out. I'm talking to this for three minutes. Can you pick an image out for me? And years ago, that used to be more difficult. Stock images have gone down in price. You have libraries where you can find images. That helps it out dramatically. So you punching up presentations has become a lot easier than 10 years ago. Yeah, especially with the free sites for stock photos now with Pexels, Unsplash is another one. It seems like stock photos have gone way down in price because of those. Yeah, 100%. I offer to my clients a library that is one of the more robust sites that you can really punch up a presentation very quickly. 
could be just a walk-in and if you want something that's just a lot nicer than welcome or hello or something like that. And that just helps out a lot. And that also helps, Brett, with the overall theme of a presentation or backgrounds. Those types of sites that are free, but even the pay sites have become very, very reasonable priced. You buy a license for you know under $200 and you can have at it with any topic, which is great. And speaking of presentation softwares, would you recommend or would you use or have you seen people use any other alternative ones like Perezzi, Paste, or anything like that? Even Canva has some presentation stuff. We encounter a few of these. Prezi for one. Keynote is another one. Keynote is still prevalent. A lot of Mac users, a lot of agencies that I work with, a lot of fashion industry folks love Keynote because it's in the Mac world. But the key thing there is they look great on your computer, the ones you mentioned, and Prezi, for instance. But when we start to present these out, get them into a projector, put them up into big, big venues, 50-foot screens, 60-foot screens, they have their challenges. So they're not as stable as PowerPoint. And PowerPoint is as stable as it gets, built to present. That's what it's built for. So some of these other ancillary ones, I encounter them nine times out of 10. I will take the content and bring it back into a world that's very, very stable, like Keynote or PowerPoint. Fair enough. I mean, you always have new ones popping up, but sometimes they're not reliable. (laughs) You're exactly right. But what is your philosophy in creating a compelling presentation? What do you start out with? Do you start out with the theme, the idea? How does that come about? Well, what happens, there's a philosophy that I use when I'm building a presentation with a client, and it's an acronym called SIMPLE. And first part of it is the S of strategy. You know, what are we trying to do here? How much time do you have? What are the key takeaways that you want your audience to come away with? And what is your story? Okay, your story, at the end of the day, if you're presenting, whether you're using a website, PowerPoint, a video, a podcast, for instance, any kind of presentation, what is your story? That's really what's changed over the years. We are now in the world of storytelling, and we love stories. We love to get a story. Now, that could be financial. That could be a launch of a product. But you've got to have a really good story. Nine times out of ten, what happens, Brett, People say, okay, you've got a presentation, you've got 30 minutes, I'm going to go open up PowerPoint. I'm ready to go. I feel that, you know, PowerPoint, I'm going to start at slide one, I will end up getting to slide 10, I'm going to spend three minutes on it, and that's really not recommended. Put some thoughts down, a paragraph, what do you want the story to be? An opening, an introduction, an agenda, a closing, and then a big crescendo at the end and a key takeaway. If you have that, you can make a really good presentation. And a lot of times you don't have that. A lot of times you'll just get a deck and you have no idea what they're talking about. And that is not going to be a successful. If you go shoot a movie without a script, no, it's not recommended. You can do it. It's not recommended, though. So it's the same with presentations. And what are you going to say? What's the title? (laughs) What do you want the people to walk away with? And then you build to that. So it seems like in everything in marketing and PR, you just got to have a plan first. But you know what? To prepare a plan is the same. Yeah, exactly. Same in in PR and same in, in anything when it comes to marketing and advertising, in my opinion. 
plan, over plan, replan, and then we go and build it. Let's walk it through. Let's hear it out loud. Let's run it by people. What are you going to say? Because at the end of the day, presentations are speaker support. You're speaking, it's there to support you. It's not the other way around. It's not graphic speaking, which sometimes that happens. So the really plan it out, do it in a process, and then, then prepare. And then we go ahead and build. That's really the mantra that I stick by. And do you have any like pet peeves if you're like watching a presentation yourself that you're just like, what are you doing? Do you have any of those types of moments sometimes? Brett, it's the same one that you probably have. It's the same one that our audience has. I don't need you to use your slides as a teleprompter. I don't need you to turn, crane your head to the screen and read the four bullets that you are just presenting in front of me. That is a absolute, it's just taboo. It just shows that you're not prepared. Nine times out of 10, it's done out of a nervous habit. But if I'm going to click it now, if it's a financial chart that I want to refer to certain things, yeah, you get a pass on that. But if you're going to sit there and say, okay, Brett, we have a presentation today. I've got four key points that we're going to talk about. I'm going to advance the slide. I turn to the screen and I read the four points. That's showing me that you don't know your four points that you're talking about. And that's just not a good look either. Looking, You're supposed to be looking at the audience. So that's a big one. That is the biggest one. The other one, the one probably, is we're just overpopulating our slides. We're overpopulating our decks with too many words. I'm getting a lot of slide decks that are just, it's cut and pasting out of a Word document. Now that's really not what presentations are. So we try to, we try to encourage less is more and we're getting stuff that is, you can't fix it. And this joke, you know, I can't make chicken soup out of chicken poop. You're going to give me a slide that has multiple images, spinning GIFs, 15 bullets, a bar chart in the corner, and you put a note on it that says, can you clean this up for me? <laughs> that's it's impossible. I mean, we're good. We're not that good. So that's also Pete. Seems like a lot of college mistakes happen. I remember the scary stories in my college heyday where there would be people that would actually like, read the slides and have too many slides. And I'm like, what are you doing? Just have your speech prepared. But Brett, imagine that in front of 5,000 people and you're launching a pharmaceutical drug. Like it's, it goes on. So what happens you, you found in college are still going on big time in major, major events. And it's, it's, we can equip them with all of it. Teleprompters, monitors, but for some reason they just get up there and they read. Yeah, so it's 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 out there still. No, oh, yes. I mean, I've even helped some people with slides, and I even look at the pictures with the text and go, if I can't read this, take it out. That's my thing. That's what we do. Yeah, no question about it. So, do you think presentations will be more reliant on motion graphics and videos in the near future, or will pictures still be? something that people will use as well. Do you think it's changing a little bit more to be video-based? I, I think that it's really based upon the presenter. I don't necessarily think that we're ever going to get away from the financials, the bar charts. That's what their world is. I think that the marketing presenters, the advertising presenters, they will be using a lot more motion and futuristic things as well when we start talking into virtual reality and, and audience engagement and things of that nature. So I think the presenter 
has a lot to do with what their content is. I don't ever think that we're going to get away from trying to enhance a bar chart to the point where it's a video or something along those lines. You can always put animations and things like that. But the marketing, the product launches, CEOs have, have become a little bit more dynamic in some of their content with brand animations and things like that. So I think that there will be more video, more motion, even more so. There's a lot now, but even more so because they respond to motion. Mm, going back to that instant gratification thing. 100%. And so speaking of that, what do you think the future of presentations will look like this year and beyond? Do you think it'll look dramatically different from what you've seen before? Or what does it look like? Well, right now, I think a lot of the presentations have been gravitating to a kind of an Instagram mentality. It's a strong image, little text, reliant on a good presenter. There's a lot of dynamic imagery that is being put up in front of, of audiences. They know, presenters know, that bar charts and five bullets and uh, a bunch of other kind of old school elements are not going to work. So they have to constantly changing. Uh, it is a gradual change. One of the bigger changes is getting out of 16.9, which is, it took a long time. We went back, you said, what's changed in the last 10 years? We were in that 4.3 mode for a long, long time. It took us a long time to get out of that 4.3 mode. 16.9 now has become standard, which is, you know, what we have on our televisions at that wide screen. I could see a change where we're going a little bit more panoramic if the opportunity arises because out there, event venues are changing their look and feel of screens and things to be a little bit more dynamic and engaging from curved screens to a more of an experience, an engaging experience where the image is around you. So, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, the, the future it's changing all the time and it's, it's hard to pinpoint because just when you think you just did a presentation breath that was like totally eye-opening totally immersed in a half arc that goes all the way around you thousand people the next show that i do is four bullets white background we're up there just doing the old school stuff so i don't think it's going to be a full change but changing in spots it depends on the product and the client too the brand know your audience basically Yes, exactly. So do you think presentations now and further beyond are going to be more reliant on the charisma and the speaking prowess of the speaker than the presentations? The presentations are just helping the speaker in general? I think that the presentations are going to become more dynamic. I think the presentations are not going to give the presenters an opportunity to crane their neck and look at the screen. The technology the speed of change, and what I mean by that, making last-minute changes in a very robust presentation used to take a long time. You can make a lot of adjustments on the fly. You can completely blow that screen away a lot faster and a lot more creatively. So I think that the presentations are going to really help out the presenters a lot more. And once the presenter has trust that this new way of presenting with motion and comfort that when he advances that slide, that motion is going to happen. I think the presentations are going to get better. I think the presenters are going to get better. 
They're going to just have more confidence. It's, you know, getting a new toy that they know works. They're going to get better. And we're going to get away from the old school. I believe that. Are presentations really important for more event-based things, not just the presentation, but like events for, let's say, a CES or something like that? Do you think those types of presentations are important as well for your booth? They have to be very visually impactful. You've got to have to, that is a presentation. So go back to that original strategy. You have people's eyeballs for maybe two to three minutes in a trade show or an event where they're walking from room to room. What we've been doing is a lot more presentations out in the environment of a show. Those are times where people are looking down at their phone. We want them to look up at something. So the technology has gotten so strong with you know flat panel monitors and we're moving monitors around in hallways and we're able to put content and presentations in loop form in the environments. So trade shows and the walking through of general sessions and conferences, we have been able to do presentations outside of the main tent. So you can be teeing up something as a teaser, say in the hallway on a big screen and as they're walking in, they have the big show. And that's just because of the gear. The equipment is changing so fast. You know, we're talking about 100-inch TVs now. We're talking about big screens that can be light and, and easy to move around. So that's a big part of it. Yeah. Presentations now moving outside of the ballroom a lot more. And do you think live streaming is going to make its way into presentations a little bit more? Because Instagram has it, Facebook has it, Twitter has it. All these companies have it. Do you think live streaming will eventually be put in place? Yeah, Brett. I mean, I believe that live streaming is going to be part of everybody's presentation at at, at some point. It's going to be almost mandatory. You're going to have to do that because that is what the audiences are living in on a daily basis. So there nothing beats. And one of the more successful things in an event is if a presenter is up there, he's like, okay, I'm going to go to Brett in California. Brett, your thoughts on this? Can you give me your take on this new product? That is incredibly engaging. It, is, it shows on so many levels that you know, it's global, where we're, everyone's involved, and we're taking what you do on a daily basis, FaceTime and Skype, and, you're, and bringing it into a live event. Is, it's awesome. I mean, it's awesome to do it. It's that trust, though. We're still a little... You know, we're still a little nervous and apprehensive to go to something live like that. But we are finding a lot of times, if I'm going to talk about manufacturing, why wouldn't I want to go check in on my manufacturing plant, say, overseas? Let's take a look at that. We'll pop it up on the screen. Can't beat that. And that's great. That's live. That's real, real storytelling. So I, I think it's going to be huge. Do you think the convergence of pictures, videos, maybe eventually live streaming will change events for the better or will it add more headaches to the people trying to do presentations? Uh, it's a great question. I think it is going to be a little bit of both. I, I think that it's going to encourage presenters to kind of raise the bar in their presentations, but there's still going to be some apprehension. Look, I, I still have presenters that I've been working with for years. Nils, I do not want any animation. I don't want to think that anything's moving. I just want to put my stuff up there and talk to it. I don't need to know that if I click here, this is going to fly in. So they are still 
holding back a little bit. But with the technology coming into their everyday life, and what I mean by that is they're on Twitter and they're in social media, they are FaceTiming, they're downloading videos, they're streaming off of websites, they're living in that on a daily basis, it's going to be a lot easier for them to take that into a business meeting format. Do you understand? So it used to be, well, you have the opportunity where you can go to Twitter. Well, I don't really go to Twitter that much. Well, people in audiences and presenters are. So they're on a daily basis. So it's a lot easier for them to transition that technology and that content into a business meeting setting. And you've said Twitter before, but what other social networks can I cater to events? Is it Instagram? Is it Snapchat? Snapchat just has their geo fencing off of events. Do you think you're going to see more of that? Or is it just going to be the Twitter, the Facebook and the Instagram specifically? I think over the next couple of years, I think we're going to stick to the big three, as we call them. I think that clients still don't know everything about the alternatives, the Snapchats. Oh, my kid's on it or TikTok or a bunch of these other ones. These are staples that are in events now. I think that they're going to stay there, just like PowerPoint is going to stay there, even though we, we cringe sometimes. It's not going anywhere. It's safe. It works. Twitter works. Hashtagging works. Mentioning works. Putting photographs up on Instagram and sharing them through Facebook. It works. Facebook Live events, they work. So for somebody else to go into that space, I have not heard of one. There have been a couple of things that have been tried that have failed miserably. So I think that we're going to, I believe we're going to be sticking in that world. And do you think LinkedIn's going to play a bigger role with their push into live events or live streaming, I should say? I think they are. I think they are going to because that is the audience. Those are the presenters. That is one common place where our world of business presentations is everyone is there. And they have a great, robust way of tagging people and sharing profiles, getting people involved. So it is a very good open platform. I'm encouraged by the fact that they're going to be doing live events because they have a lot of the back end information when it comes to the companies and it comes to the employees of the companies and, and the leadership teams of companies and their products. So I think that it's going to be a bigger part. It'll become a bigger part of it. I, I do. And what's your take on maybe even some newer ones like AR and VR? VR is not that new, but it's had a resurgence. Do you think events and presentations will take advantage of those maybe in the future? Or do you think it's really just going to be on the screen for a while? No, I think that I've done a, a bunch of VR presentations. It is getting better. The content is getting better. The transition into wearing a device, whatever that is, it's, it comes down to content. If the content is really good, it's encouraged. I don't think, I think it's just going to get better because the technology is just going to get better. But, you know, whether we're forward thinking, we're thinking about what, how we're going to be able to view this. You know, with the it, projection has changed. We're now projection mapping on shapes and shows. We're putting stuff on ceilings. 
you know, this is a, a different way of projecting images. It's through a, you know, something you put on. We've had big shows where, you know, underneath, go underneath your chair, put this on, and we're going to launch this program. And it goes with big reviews because you are presenting in a different way. And as I said in the beginning, what makes a good presentation? You're sharing it. You want to replay it. You like it. You know, that mentality of Facebook, I give it a thumbs up. I want to tell somebody about it. And what better way? I mean, virtual reality, that is, that is, Brett, that's taking what is going on in real world and bringing it into business theater. So virtual reality presentations in the near future is what I'm hearing. They're out there now. They are out there now. Yep. They are out there now. What do you think marketers can learn from just presentations in general, just in their overall messaging? Because it seems like to always keep it simple and simplify your message. It seems like they can learn a lot from just doing presentations to even putting it into their marketing plan. What do you think about that? I, I agree 100% the simple mentality of a presentation and doing presentations helps develop brands internally and externally, um, the, how the brand is presented, how the content is presented has changed dramatically. And a lot of times I'm doing presentations that are internal as well. And they are using them as tools. We're moving some things around here. Let's see what this color looks like. We are using a deck to fly around to the marketing team. Here are my thoughts. What would this look like in this? Let's simplify this because it's not permanent. One of my clients, we just decided you are no longer allowed to use more than one word on a title. So let's see how that looks. Let's try it out. How does that work with our brand? What words are we going to use for titles? You know, growth, attention, all these kinds of things. So that's changed a lot. So marketers, I believe, should be using more presentations. They should be using them a lot more than they do. There's still a lot of Word documents and there's still a lot of old school ways of presenting that I think should change or I think will change. Yes, Word and Excel, because Excel is still used heavily. Oh, 100%. Oh, we got to sort it this way. Let's look at it this way. You know, <laughs> let's change that. You can bring that into PowerPoint or you can bring it into some sort of motion graphic and you can look at it differently. Make it look better. Yeah. Yeah. And where do you think social media is going for presentation events in the near future 2020? Do you think it's going to be more and more of a tool for presenters or do you think it's still going to sit where it's at right now? I think it's the usage of it and the capabilities are going to be used more. I, I think that over the last, say, three to four years, people are just dipping their toe in the water with, let's say, hashtag conference name and the year. Let's try to get some things. And I think that it's going to change because most importantly, when it comes to the social media side of events, you can look at results and data results and analytics are so so important when it comes to, to presentations. And when you are tweeting something out or you're asking your audience to engage in something, polling, for instance, audience response, these types of things, you can look at trends. You can look at the analytics. You can look at traffic times. What are people doing? So I think it's going to increase dramatically. You know, there again, what are people doing every day in their life? They're on social media. Why would we just not carry that into the room of a conference or a trade show and just increase visibility? 
Yes, it's true. And what's some advice can you give for people looking to be the presentation master that you are doing more presentations or doing those types of things? Well, I think that the, the advice that I give and I, and I do speak to some of the folks that are getting into the business, it is exciting in the fact that presentations are ever changing. You're never doing the same one necessarily twice. And it is a challenge. You have to look at it as a challenge to really, really make somebody, you're supporting someone who's giving a speech on a small level, on a large level. If you think that you can, you're up to that and you strong graphic skill, strong visualizer, creative, thinking outside of the box, that it's, it is exciting. I mean, it is exciting. Nothing beats a live presentation that goes off without a hitch. It's over. There's closure. Hopefully it gets legs afterwards that people want to look at it again. But it is a very, very rewarding part of marketing and advertising is the actual presentation you know, a launch moment. Even when you have to work with a financial guy who's got to put up a very, very difficult chart to make that chart look okay, that it's bad news, that's a challenge. And that's a creative challenge that is pretty exciting. It's exciting for me still now. Any final thoughts for our listeners? Um, no, not really. I appreciate your time. I think it was, it's great. I could talk about presentations all day. It is exciting. Technology is changing every day when it comes to, you know, you never thought that you'd be able to give a presentation from your phone. You can plug your phone in into a projector, get up there and present using your phone. That's something that I never thought would have happened. And it is the arena for presentations is changing dramatically. And it's also changing on the web. So a lot of the things, the speed, the technology is ever-changing, and it's an exciting time to be involved in presentations. Well, thank you for your thought-provoking answers and your advice. It's really been great talking with you, Nils. Thank you, Brett. My pleasure. And thank you for everybody for listening in this week. As always, if you could please subscribe to PR360 on all the major podcasting platforms. That's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and more and join us next week as we talk to another great thought expert in the pr tech industry have a great week and see you next week guys later